Amen. Nothing can stand against us if our God is for us. Can I get a witness? Amen. So good to see all of you here this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. To our guests, we welcome you. We're glad that you're here. Thank you for being in God's house. If you have your Bibles, would you go to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8. And as you are turning to Romans 8, just let me say, as I follow the sentiments of Brother Josh, this week starts our Daniel fast, and I want you to know that God doesn't come down and give me any special graces to go on a fast. I don't like it just like you don't, but I do like the results. And I am asking if you would go on this Daniel's fast with us. You say, Pastor, I don't know what it's about. Well, you're welcome to call me this week and I can explain it to you. There are some cookbooks that are out in the foyer, out here um, in what we know as the game room. You can pick up one of those. They're free. Those little trifold pamphlets on the Daniel's fast, that's all free. That'll give you some information. And then Monday night, we're going to come and we're going to pray together here Monday, then 10 o'clock on Tuesday. And then Friday, we're going to do it a little different this year. We're going to take all night and we're going to take shifts from six until six. And uh, we're not going to ask you to come to the church. We're just going to ask you, if you will, to pray in your homes. And we know God that hears us in our homes as well as he does in this building. So if you can participate, we would love to have you. Okay. So just remember all of that. And if you have any questions, you can call up at the church office. Sissy, raise your hand. This is Sissy. She's our secretary. She'll be happy to take your call and help you in any way. We're going to look at Romans 8 and uh, verse 5. I'm going to just be going through this. So probably what I'm going to do in just a second is let you be seated. But before you are, let's pray. Father, we have come here today. We've gotten our families ready. We've gotten ourselves ready. And we know there's a lot of distractions that is going on in our world. We know there's a lot that is happening. But God, I'm asking you, would you, Lord, just allow your spirit now to bring our minds and our hearts together so that we can receive from your word, and that your people would, Lord, receive and God, be blessed by your word today, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody say amen. amen. All right, God bless you. You can be seated. I hope that if you didn't bring your Bible, you'll follow along on the screen. We're going to be looking at Romans 8, and we're going to start with verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now let's go to verse 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is what? Talk to me. If you set your mind on the flesh, then what happens is death. You must understand the first time that you and I sin, it doesn't mean that we're going to die. Right? And this is not talking about physical death. This is talking about a spiritual death. You sin once, you know what? You're, you're probably going to be okay. But if you keep setting your mind on the things of the flesh, 
eventually it's going to lead you down the path of death. Can I get a witness? But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. You say, I want life. I want abundant life. I want peace. Then guess what? Don't set your mind on the things of the flesh. Set your mind on the things of the spirit. And when you do that, you reap the benefits of life and peace. Here's verse 7. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. I've said this many times before. Most of the battles in life are mind battles. And if you can win in your mind, you can win in life. Here's the good thing about the devil. He hasn't come up with any new temptations. In over 6,000 years, he hasn't come up with anything new. It still comes down to three. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. But if you will set your mind on the things of the Spirit, it will bring you life. It will bring you peace. Why? Because the mind that is set on the flesh is what? It's hostile toward God. It does not submit to the things or the laws of God because it cannot. If you're trying to live for God without the power of the Holy Spirit, you are miserable. Because you can't do it. It's impossible to reach up to the standard that God wants you in your flesh and just with willpower. Willpower only lasts for 90 days. But God's power lasts 24-7. That's why you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get a witness? Let's look now at verse 8. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You say, well, pastor, I'm in the flesh. How can I please God? That's not what it's referring to. Okay? We're all in the flesh this morning. So what is it referring to? It's talking about to think what the world thinks is important and to pursue what the world pursues. When you think what the world thinks is important and you are pursuing the same values of the world, that's talking about you can't please God because God's ways are higher than man's ways. His thoughts are higher than man's thoughts. And you can't please God thinking the way man thinks. Can I get a witness? Now, verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, this is why pastor comes so often and says, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit or you can't enter the kingdom. Why? Because if you don't have the Spirit of God, then you don't belong to Him. That's not what I say. If God said all you had to do is drink one Coke and eat half a gallon of Bluebell to make heaven, I'd say, man, that's awesome. So this is not my words. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the, what the Word says. If you don't have the Spirit of God in you, the Bible says you're none of His. That's why we got to be born again. That which is flesh is flesh, but that which is of Spirit is Spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Now, verse 10. But if Christ is in you, 
Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Verse 12, and then we'll move on. So then, brothers, we are debtors. In other words, we're not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, what's going to happen? Talk to me. You're going to die. But if you live in the spirit and you put to death the deeds of your body, notice this. This is very important here. You put to death. You put to death the deeds of the body. In other words, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to watch this. I'm not going to listen to that. Why? Because that's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for me to go there. It's not healthy for me to watch that. It's not healthy for me to live in that. Why? Because that's bringing death to me. I want to do things that are going to bring life to me. And I want you to do things that are going to bring life to you. And this is what the scripture is talking about. So for the next few minutes, brothers and sisters, I want to bring you something. I want to talk about why walk in the Spirit. I am not a theme person. I've got a buddy up the road, pastors a great church. He's very much a theme oriented. He brings a theme to his church every year. That's just not me. But um, I would say this. If I had a theme this year, my theme would be walking in the Spirit. This year, I want to walk in the Spirit more than I have ever walked in the Spirit. Because I believe, just a while ago, I believe God did something for some people. I believe God strengthened some people just a little while ago. And I, I believe with all of my heart in the Word of God. This church has had incredible men of God and Brother Bennett and Brother Hennigan that has taught the Word of God. They were Word men. And I, I want to be a Word man too as well. But I also want to understand the work of the Spirit. And I'm not saying they didn't because they both did. But I am saying this, that we need both. We need the Word and we need the Spirit. We need the Word and we need the power of God to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Can I get a witness? So let's talk about why walk in the Spirit. I've mentioned this, some of you are newer and you may not have heard it, but I've mentioned this especially in the older building. I read a book one time by a man named Glenn Clark. It really changed my life and I've read many, many books that are good but didn't change my life. But this one did. It's a rare out of print book. It's very hard to find. It's by Glenn Clark and it's called God's Reach. Well, here is what 
Mr. Glenn Clark says. He says in his book that there are seven dimensions in the world. He says the first dimension is that of a snail. And a snail wants one thing, and that's food. The second dimension is that of a dog. A dog wants food and affection. He says the third dimension is man, woman. Man and women, they want uh, food, they want affection, and they want knowledge. Those are the three dimensions. Then he says the fourth dimension is the dimension of faith. Faith is the fourth dimension. And in Hebrews 11, I believe it is 26, the scripture says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can't please God unless you have faith. You say, why? Because you got to believe that Jesus died for your sins. And if you can't have faith to believe that Jesus died for your sins, you can't even begin to start on the path of salvation. So we got to have faith. Then Mr. Clark says that the fifth dimension is the dimension of peace. It is peace. And Jesus says this. He says, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives, but I give you a peace that will surpass your human knowledge. Why do we need peace? One, we need peace toward God. We need to be in right relationship with God. How many know that when your relationship stinks, life stinks? Can I get a witness? And when your relationships are good, life is good. You know why God wants you to have peace? Because he wants you to have a good relationship with him. And he wants you to have a good relationship with others. That's why God wants you to have peace. Now you can buy a pill at the pharmacy, but you can't buy peace. That's the fifth dimension. The sixth dimension is unity, is the sixth dimension. Here's Acts 2 and 1. On when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. Notice what happens when 120 people got in one place and in one mind. Three powerful things happened. The wind happened, the fire happened, and the taming of the tongue happened. Three powerful things, the wind, the fire, and the taming of the tongue. Here's what the Bible says. No man can tame the tongue but the Holy Spirit. And part of the Holy Spirit is to tame what no man can tame. And that is your tongue. Why is the tongue powerful? Because the Bible tells us death and life is in the power of the tongue. You, you have death in your mouth or you have life in your mouth. How do I get it? Through what you say. If you're claiming a cold and COVID, then guess what? By your tongue, you're probably going to receive it. But if your tongue is saying, I rebuke it, I don't have to have that. I'm walking in health and healing. I'm walking in benefits and blessing. Your tongue is powerful. And then the seventh dimension is the dimension, the highest dimension known to man that man can walk in, and that is love. That is the highest dimension. Here's the most famous verse in the scripture, John 3, 16. For God so loved, notice the other word that is in there, that he gave. Why is love so powerful? Because when you are loving, you're giving. And when you're loving and giving, you are making a difference. 
That's how God is the most uh, influential. Jesus is the most influential person in all of history. Why? Because he operated in that seventh dimension all the time of love. He walked in love. Everything he did, even when he was rebuking people, it was in love because they were serving lesser gods. It wasn't because he was mad at them. It was because they were living below their potential when you're hoarding after other idols. So he operated in love. That's all he did. He healed in love. He taught in love. He ministered in love because love is the highest dimension known to man. Love is the most powerful force in the world. That's why if we Pentecostals can get off of the judgment seat and get on the love seat, we can draw people to him. Come on, somebody. Loving people is where it's at. Regardless of where they come from or who they are or how they look. That's what Jesus did. He loved people. Can I get a witness? Can I keep preaching this morning? So love is the most powerful force in the world. My mom and dad are both deceased. But uh, I don't stop loving my mom nor my dad because they're deceased. Because love is stronger than the grave. If somehow, some way through just... Let me just say it like this. If my mom or dad were to appear this morning, I don't love them any less today than when I put them in the ground. Because love is the most powerful force in the world. You say, how do you know? Because God sent his laws, but his laws did not change the heart of men. So God understood, I got to come down and robe myself in flesh so that I can show them what love looks like and what... And what a law could not do, love can do. Because only love can change your heart. I can get up here and tell you this is what you need to do. And you should do this and you shouldn't do that. And I can say this and this and this. But you know what? I can't make you do that. That speed limit that says drive 55, that doesn't make you do it. There's consequences if you break it, but it can't make you. There are consequences if you break the law, but Jesus doesn't make you. That's why he said, my laws can't make them. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring my love down and I'm going to write my law on their heart so that if they get it in their heart, it's going to change their life. Does this make sense? So why walk in the Spirit, Pastor? Why walk in the Spirit? Because these are the powers of faith and peace and unity and love. These are the higher dimensions. I want you to say that, higher dimensions. These are the higher dimensions that you were created for. I have a lot to say. I don't know if I'm going to get to say it all, but we'll make part two. But here's what I want to tell you, that you were not made for the gutter. You were not made to sleep under a bridge. You were not made for poverty and lack. No, you were not. You were created in the image of God. And he became poor so that you might become rich. Rich in what? Rich in the things that money can't buy. Rich in the joy of the Lord. Rich in the peace of God. Rich in the love of his everlasting arms. That's why he wants you to walk in the spirit because you were made for more than graveling in the dust. You were made in the image of God. 
I want that to sink in. You were made for more than where drugs will take you. Drugs will take you from here to down there. God said, I got a drug that'll keep you on a high. I got a drink. It's called the spirits, the spirit of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? You can drink so much of this spirit that you can literally get drunk on the spirit. But guess what? It doesn't have a bad after effect. It lifts you higher. It gives you peace. It gives you joy. It puts you on a plane that a drug or an alcoholic drink cannot put you on. This is why I want you to walk in the spirit. Walking in the flesh, the flesh takes us down the past of lust. Flesh binds us to the dust. Remember this, flesh always wants to take you down. Spirit always wants to lift you up. And if we let our flesh rule us, we're going to live a miserable existence. You know why? Because it's miserable to live in the flesh on Monday and then try to come and live in the spirit on Sunday. This is why it says if you walk in the flesh, you're going to eventually lead to death. But if you walk in the spirit, I'm going to get up on Monday morning and by the help and grace of God, I'm going to walk in the spirit. And if God lets me choose the, I'm going to walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Why do I want to walk in the spirit? Because the flesh squashes human potential. Have you ever seen somebody that was smart, but drugs dulled their mind? Have you ever seen somebody that was bright, but alcohol took their brightness, their joy? It, when, when, they, when they were young, they walked into a room and they lit the room up, but alcohol dulled their senses. Because the flesh dulls and squashes human existence. The flesh keeps our focus on what we can see, what we can touch, what we can taste, what we can feel. It keeps us focused on the five senses. It keeps us reaching for more money. We're reaching for more bigger trucks, something more in our garage. People are now putting injections so they can have more curves, more muscles. It's all about getting more. And it's like cattle that I watch in our back pasture reaching their neck through the fence to eat grass that is just like the grass they have on this side. And I think, you know what? I'm not, I'm not lacking anybody to a cow, but I'm going to tell you something. We do have a beast nature if we don't have God. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, we've got a beast nature that we put our head and we'll flirt with another woman because we don't think ours is hot enough. And we'll do this because we don't think we got enough on this side. And we're like an old cow putting its neck through the fence, thinking there's more over there. The flesh has always got you thinking the grass is greener. If I had her, if I had him, if I had more money, if I had this car, if I had these curves, if I had this muscle, and the devil's got you on a treadmill thinking more, 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 more. And God is saying, I can get you off of that if you learn to walk in the spirit see walking in the flesh 
Walking in the flesh drags us down to the world's values. What are the world's values? Sex, salary, and status. Sex, salary, and status. Power, prestige, possessions, pleasures, and pride. That is the world's values. See, flesh loves flesh. Pride loves self. Flesh loves self. But walking in the spirit, what it does is when walking in the flesh takes us down, walking in the spirit elevates us. Uh huh. Walking in the spirit frees us from sin. It frees us from self so we can be elevated above our lust, our pride, our self, and our ego. See, as Christians, here's what's funny about us. We are to hate the values of the world and love the people. And most of the time we do just the opposite. We love the values of the world and hate the people. They don't look like us, so they ain't welcome. They don't act like me, so they're not welcome. And what freaks us out is the world being the world. We don't think the world ought to be the world. The world, brothers and sisters, walks in darkness because that's all they know. They haven't had the light. They're just walking in the flesh. They're walking according to the lust thereof. They're just thinking they get more money. They get a woman that's got better curves. They get this in their garage that they're doing all good because that's the only knowledge they know. But when you get the light, you no longer stumble in darkness. Now you understand, I don't have to be, I don't have to live. In other words, I don't have to gain my value by what I own, what I drive, or what I wear, or even my performance. My identity is in Christ. He gives me my identity. Can I keep preaching? See, here's what I want to tell you. Walking in the flesh doesn't mean we're bad people. Okay, It doesn't. It means that the lust in our eye takes us down a path that is very destructive. See, no one wins when there's adultery. If you've had an adulterous relationship, God forgives you, right? You're cleansed and you can make heaven. But I'm going to tell you, no one wins in that. No one wins in divorce. Many, there's numerous people that are divorced. I love you, God loves you, but no one wins in divorce but the lawyers. Right? No one wins in bankruptcy. No one wins with the effects of the flesh. Because it takes you down. Doesn't mean that these things can't be forgiven. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. Doesn't mean your pastor don't love you. Thank God he loves us. Thank God for his grace. But y'all all know I'm telling you the truth. When fleshly desires dominate us and they have our way, many times it leaves deep wounds, deep scars, deep hurt. It leaves us in the wake of abuse and hate and murder and jealousy and envy. Let me tell you what walking in the Spirit doesn't mean. Walking in the Spirit does not mean that we speak in tongues all the time. Okay? I'm going to tell you that walking in the Spirit does not mean that we fast every meal. That's not possible. Walking in the Spirit doesn't mean that I am on my knees eight hours a day. I can't do that. That's not what walking in the Spirit is. Walking in the Spirit means that we learn how to live for purposes greater than ourselves. 
I'm going to say that again. Walking in the Spirit means that we learn to live for purposes greater than ourselves. The most influential person who ever lived is Jesus Christ. And he walked in the Spirit. Living in the Spirit doesn't mean he didn't eat. didn't mean he didn't laugh. It didn't mean he didn't have some downtime with his disciples. He did all of those things. But walking in the Spirit means not living for yourself. Walking in the Spirit means adding value to others. You live for more than just satisfying your flesh. You live with your mind on higher dimensions. That bring life and peace. You say, well, pastor, I can't. You, you want me to keep my mind on the spirit? I can't. Dear God, I can't do that. I can't keep my mind on the spirit. I'm going to ask you a question. Why not? You spend so much of your time worrying. Do you know what worry is? Worry is only meditation on the wrong things. I'm going to say that again. All worry is, is you're just worrying. Oh my God, what's my daughter-in-law going to do? Oh, oh dear God, what's my son going to do? Oh dear God, what, what, what about my job? And you just, you go down the road and you just meditate on it. You're just worrying, worrying, worrying about it. Oh, what about my health? What about my family? What about this? What about, and you're just, it's all you're doing. Worry is just meditating. So guess what? Just switch gears. And instead of worrying, because worry is meditating, start switching gears and start meditating on the Word. If God is for us, who can be against us? So I know that the enemy's trying to get me in doubt, but if God be for me, who can be against me? What about my health? 1 Peter 2 and 24 says, By His stripes ye were healed. So God, I thank You that, Lord, by Your stripes I'm healed. You say, well, Pastor... You know, I, I don't know that much of the Word. That's why I keep encouraging you, get out of Facebook and get in the book. So you can go down the road and quote Scripture. Facebook, I'm not against it, but it can elevate you to these higher dimensions. But you start thinking, oh, I thank you, Jesus, that I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I thank you, Jesus, that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I thank you, Jesus, that you said, I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am the lender and not the barrier. You say, why should I do that? Because here's what Philippians says. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. Stop thinking and meditating on what's not going to happen and start meditating on who your God is. Your God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Instead of saying, what if it don't happen? Start saying, God, I thank you that it's going to happen. I thank you that I'm walking in health. I thank you that you're restored in those relationships. I thank you that negativity is leaving my mind. That makes sense? Walking in the Spirit means life, means my mind is not focused on myself. Now, I, I, I'm going to hurry. Here's what I want to share with you. The more we become mature in Christ, the more mature we become, 
the less we think of ourselves and the more we start living for others. Think of it this way. Okay, if you haven't waken up, wake up now. This is very important. You ready? I want you to think of it this way. This is, I feel this is powerful. Here it is. When you're walking in the spirit, you're carrying someone's miracle. I'm going to say that again. When you are walking in the spirit, you are carrying someone's miracle and you don't let it stay inside. You say, what do you mean by that? Here's an example. There was a lame man sitting at the temple. Peter and John walk up. He's begging for alms. Be Sadiq. Be Sadiq. That means be righteous. That's what they would say. Be Sadiq in Hebrew means be righteous. Be righteous. Be righteous. Give me something. And this is what they responded. Silver and gold, Bubba, we don't have that. We can't give you what we don't have. But what we do have, we'll give you. They were carrying a miracle inside of them because they were walking in the Spirit and they picked the man up. Notice they didn't pray. It's in there. They did not pray. They did not beg God to do it. They did not intercede. They did not call all the New Testament church to, to have a prayer meeting. They simply gave what was inside of them. In our text, we read, you have the Spirit of Christ in you. That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you and we as Christians are looking for something on the outside of us to come to us and God is saying it's not out there it's in here you are carrying somebody's miracle if you will walk in the spirit say I don't believe that okay so that's okay let me just keep talking to you Jesus took sight to the blind man they couldn't come to him because they couldn't see him. But he went to them because he was carrying a miracle inside. He gave them sight. The lepers couldn't come to Jesus because they were ostracized in that uh, culture. They couldn't come. They couldn't be in contact with people who were cleansed. But Jesus, the cleansed, walked to the unclean because he wasn't afraid of being contaminated by what they had. He was going to let what he had get on them. And he walked to them and gave those lepers a miracle. He walked to Lazarus' grave and gave a miracle to Lazarus and tell him, come forth and think what his sisters received. They received a brother back. Jesus was carrying a miracle on the inside of him. Why, brothers and sisters, get this. Do I want you and does God want you to walk in the Spirit? Because you are carrying the power of Christ in you. You got the fruit of the Spirit in you. You got the gifts of the Spirit in you. You have everything you need on the inside of you. Say, I don't feel that. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what I feel. What's His Word say? See, that's why the enemy doesn't want you walking in the spirit. He wants you walking in the flesh. Because when you walk in the spirit, you step up to those higher dimensions of faith. And you start calling those things that are not as though they already were. You start walking in that dimension of peace. I know the Lord is with me. And no matter, 10,000 may fall at my right side and 1,000 at my left. But they shall not come nigh me. Neither shall they come nigh my dwelling. 
Why? Because you know God is with you. You're walking in that peace. I don't need something else to know I'm somebody. I'm somebody because he says I am. Now in my flesh I'm nothing, but I'm not just by my flesh. Christ is living in me the hope of glory. You're carrying somebody's miracle on the inside of you. You know why the enemy wants you living in the flesh? So you stay under condemnation? So you think you're nothing? Because when you think you're nothing and you think you have nothing, guess what? You give nothing. Does that make sense? Here's why we're fasting. Why do we need to fast, Pastor? There's all kinds of churches not fasting. I'm not responsible for all kinds of churches. I'm responsible for this church. Why are we fasting? Because fasting weakens your flesh. Fasting gets you to where you can walk in the spirit more easily. I don't like it, Pastor. I don't either. But I want to walk in the spirit. Why? Because I'm carrying somebody's miracle. I may have already told you this. It's not that I have dementia, but I'm going to say it again. I, had, I was back here at 1030. I was staying with the pastor, and um, I was, I don't know. Anyway, I was back on that back pew, and I got, a, I got a phone call from the largest promoter of Southern Gospel in the country. His name is Bill Bailey. We're good friends. Me and Brother Phillips baptized him in Jesus' name. Pastor's an incredible church in Florida. He called me at 1030. When his name came up, I was like, whoo, what's Bill calling me for? Bill called me. He said, Pastor, I got somebody right here. They want to they say something to you. I said, okay. Now this is whew, 15, 20 years ago. These people got on the phone and they said, is this Pastor Wayne? I said, yes, it is. They said, we just want to call and thank you. I said, for what? They said, you pointed us out one Sunday morning at Brother Bill Bailey's church. We had just given our last thousand dollars. We were about to go into bankruptcy. And you pointed your finger and you said, God's got more for you. God's going to take you places you never dreamed, bless you with things you never had. He's going to totally change your life. He said, from that moment on, things begin to change. He said, Brother Neelan, he said, my wife is the number one real estate agent in the country in Florida. He said, we are multi-millionaires. I have my own plane and I fly Pastor Bailey around the country going to his concerts and speaking engagements. Now, why did I tell you that? I didn't tell you that to pat myself on the back. I told you that because there is miracles inside of you, but you're going to have to speak them and you're going to have to release them and you're going to have to work in the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge because God's got everything you need, but it's already on the inside of you but if you're walking in the flesh see see here's what I see and, and, and musicians come on I gotta stop here's what I see see I see a group of people that are not living under condemnation but that are walking in the spirit and when something happened like it did a while ago you're not bowing your head because you know you screwed up this week you're not living in condemnation because you've been satisfying your lust. You understand that I have nothing and I am nothing because I deserve it. Everything I am and everything I have is because God gave it to me. So I don't come on my own authority or on my own merits or because I'm good enough. But such as I have, I'm going to give you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spaketh he of the Spirit. 
Walking in the Spirit is my thing. Why? Because you know what? I know. I know that I can't touch 400 people in four minutes. But 400 people can be touched in four minutes whenever a believer is walking in the Spirit. And they understand they don't have to have a PhD in Hebrew and Greek for God to use them. Has that just made sense? Why, Pastor, do you want this church to walk in the Spirit? Because you have a miracle on the inside of you. See, here's, here's the deal, and I'm closing. You think that the Spirit means a man blows on you and you fall back. No. That's what you see on TV. Okay. I'm not against anybody. I'm not here bashing anyone, okay? Not what I'm here about. Don't do that. Don't live there. But that's what you think walking in the Spirit is. I'm just as much walking in the Spirit when I come up to justice and God gives me a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge and nobody else is around. That's the work of the Spirit. But guess what? I didn't know I was going to see justice this morning. So guess what? I didn't have time to get ready. I have to be ready. Uh, oh, oh, there's justice. Man, I wished I had something for justice. But boy, I royally screwed it up this week. No. I'm not better than anybody else, but I didn't royally screw it up this week. I'm getting my focus. I'm walking in the Spirit. So you say, Pastor, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Why should we walk in the Spirit? Because you got a miracle on the inside of you. And I don't know who you know. I'm not going to go where you're going to go this week. Why should I walk in the Spirit? Because if you don't, guess what? You're going to live to the beggarly elements of your flesh. You're going to satisfy the lust of your mind, the lust of your flesh, and the pride of life. If you don't live in the Spirit, you're going to adopt what the world says is important and valuable. And that's where you're going to live. And you're going to think cars and homes and beauty and curves and muscles and all of this other stuff is where it's at. And you're going to just keep reaching for more and never be satisfied. Because to walk in the flesh ultimately leads to death. But to walk in the Spirit leads to life and peace. And I close with this. You know what others did? When Jesus matured, He didn't do any miracles for 30 years. For 30 years, He never did a miracle. But the Bible says that when He came out of His fasting for 40 days, He came out, the Scripture says, in the Spirit and in power. And miracles started happening. The disciples didn't start their miracles as soon as they became disciples. But as they matured and as they kept walking with God, guess what started happening? God started confirming His Word with signs and miracles and wonders. Why, Pastor, do you want more than cute church? Because cute church is religion. And cute church can't change you. I want good church. I want good music. I want the best preaching that we can have. I want the best thing for our kids, for our youth. I want all of that. want it all. But I don't want just that. I want the Spirit of the Lord. To do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. I don't want you and I to walk in the flesh. Because when we do, it takes us down. But when we walk in the Spirit, it lifts us up.
walking in the Spirit. When the disciples got mature, then you know what started happening? Miracles, signs, and wonders started confirming their word. You know what's got to start happening here? Miracles, signs, and wonders need to start confirming this word. Thank God for the gospel and transform lives. We appreciate that. We need that and we love that. But we don't want to stop there. We want to walk in the Spirit. Pastor, other churches, they, they seem to be all right and they're not fasting. I'm not concerned about other churches. God's got a purpose for this church. And God is asking me to join with you and together let's walk in the Spirit. Would you stand with me? Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for your attendance. Father, I thank you for your people and I thank you for your word. Lord, for those that have just been walking in the flesh, doesn't mean we're bad people. It just means we never accomplish your purposes in the earth. It just means we're always just reaching for more to gratify self. But when we're walking in the Spirit, we no longer adopt the values of the world, but our identity is in Christ. And we stop thinking so much of ourselves and we start thinking of others. And that's how you change the world. Because you went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. You carried miracles to the lepers, to the blind, to the woman with the issue of blood. You fed the 5,000. You were constantly giving, giving, giving. Not things that money could buy, but things that money could never buy. Father, I ask you today that we as your people would walk in those higher dimensions of faith and peace and unity and love. We're walking with someone's miracle in us. And we do have a responsibility, God. That which you have given to us freely, you have received. Freely give. And Father, I thank you right now for calling us this week. Calling us this week to a place of fasting and prayer. So that we can walk in the Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody say amen. Okay, now stay with me just a minute. If you're going to try this Daniel's fast, you're going to at least attempt. You may not go seven days, you may not go three, you may go one, but you're going to do something. You're going to, you're going to give up something, even if it's Cokes or social media or sweets, you're going to do something this week as a sacrifice for the Lord. Can I see your hand? Okay, awesome. Thank you. And if you can't, there's no condemnation. There's no guilt. But I'm going to ask you, if possible, be here Monday night. Let's pray. 
pray this week if you're just missing meals and not praying that's all you're doing you're just missing meals prayer and fasting he said Jesus said these kind don't come out but by prayer and fasting okay now I want you to do one more thing before you go if you receive God's word would you just tilt your head up slip your hands up as they sing and just tell God Lord help me I want to walk in the Spirit. Come on. All over this house. It's the last thing I ask you to do. You got a miracle inside of you, brother. You got a miracle inside of you, sister. God wants to do something supernatural. If you don't live in the supernatural, you're going to live in the superficial. If you don't hunger for the supernatural, you're going to hunger for the superficial. If you don't hunger after the things of the Spirit, you're going to hunger for the things of flesh. I feel the Holy Spirit drawing somebody. You want to step out of your pew right now? you step out say Lord I want to walk in the spirit I want to walk in the spirit tired of meditating on the negativity I'm going to meditate I'm going to go down the street thinking on scripture I'm going to go down the road thinking on the word of God I'm going to be praying God put me at the right place at the right time God come on somebody of godliness. I want to do more than just have religion. I want to have a relationship. Somebody ought to step out right now. If you got to go, I understand. I get it. But somebody ought to step out and make a new commitment for a new year. With your help, God, I'm going to walk in the Spirit. Come on, tear that wall down of fear. Come on, you don't have anything to be fearful about. I don't understand it. I promise you, God will reveal himself to you. You have nothing to fear when you walk in faith. You have nothing to fear when you walk in the Spirit. all of you that need to go you're welcome to go I understand here's where we're getting to we're getting to a form of godliness but they deny the power thereof what are you saying 
I'm saying you can look like a Christian and not have the power of Christ. I'm saying that you can know how to clap your hands and wave your hands and worship and still not have the power of Christ living on the inside of you. I'm saying that you can walk into a store and see somebody and know they have a need but have nothing to give them. And I'm saying that God wants more for us than that. I'm saying God wants more for us than that. Quit thinking that the Spirit means somebody blows on you and you fall out. The Spirit can give you a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge in the grocery store. The Spirit can give you a word to come along somebody and encourage them. The Spirit can tell you to start interceding and praying for some individual. It's the work of the Spirit. It's being sensitive, Ronnie, to the Spirit. Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody, lift up a praise to the Lord out of your mouth and out of your belly. Come on, lift it up. Come on, let the Spirit of the Lord move here just a minute. Come on, lift up a praise to the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. TPC, I love you. You're great people. I want to tell you this though. We may not be getting out at 11.15 every Sunday. Okay? I'm not trying to hold you just to be holding you. But I'm more concerned about what God can do for you and what you need God to do for you than I am concerned about you getting out at 11.15. Now, if we came back and had night service, and I, I mean, I understand that, but we don't. So I just want to seize your mind right now. If we go past 11.15 and if the world's going to fall apart, if you don't walk out of here then, just sit on the back row and politely excuse yourself at 11.15 and I'm not going to be mad at you. I promise to God I'm not. But I am hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for what money can't buy. You're staying with me, so I guess you want to stay. Listen, how many understand that when you watch your TV, they're coming on your TV and this is what they're saying. The best psychics that we've ever had, we've got them now. They'll give you the best reading that you'll ever get. What's on your TV? Because I've seen it. Do you know that there's an increase in witchcraft on your TV? Where are you going with this? Here's where I'm going. It's not that people don't want the supernatural. People are looking for the supernatural. They're
you're wanting somebody that can tell their future. Here's what my Bible says. We got a God that knows the thoughts and the very intents of your heart. He knows the very hair on your head. Your God knows your future. And he knows it way better than a psychic. You know why? Because he made you. And if you don't understand you were made for God and by God, life will never make sense. But when you understand that God knows everything about me, I don't have to call into a psychic. I got God. Do you understand that when they threw their staffs down, they did turn to snakes. But when Moses threw his staff down, his snake ate their snake. What was that? It was our God is more powerful than your God. Watch witchcraft and Ouija boards and tarot cards. It's all about wanting to see the supernatural. Do you know there's a lot of paranormal things on your TV? It's all about ghosts and witches and this and that. People watch that. You're going to tell me that people aren't hungry for the supernatural? They are. They just don't want spit, foam, and a bunch of baloney. They want the real deal. They don't want the fake and phony. They want the real. That's what I want. I want the real spirit and power of God to demonstrate his power among his people. Come on, somebody. And if we, the people of God, do not live in the supernatural, we're going to live in the superficial. And we're going to be satisfied with cute church. And it's going to be a religion that has a form, but it's not filled with anything supernatural. It's filled with flesh. It's true. And here's what I pray. God, when I get up there today, use me as your instrument. But Lord, let me hide behind the cross so that people really don't see me. Let them feel you. Let them sense you. You've heard my heart. This perhaps is maybe the most important message I have preached to this church because you have heard my heart. And I will tell you right now, I grew up in the fire, y'all. I'm not going to be satisfied with the smoke. Say, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that if you will follow me as I follow Christ, we're going to walk in the Spirit more than we've ever walked in the Spirit. And everybody say amen. Okay. I'm telling you right now that I am laying my mantle of approval upon, not that that means anything, but just so you know, on Brother Williams. Brother Williams has the right to come up and lay hands. Sister June, you got the right to come up and lay hands. Those of you that's got that gift, you have the right to come and do it because this is not a one-man show. And God can do more in five minutes than I can do in a lifetime. We need elders among us. We need men and women that come not getting ready, but are ready. I spent all day yesterday and nothing but bathing myself in the Word. You say, well, you can do that. That's right. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm not asking you to do it for hours and hours. I'm asking you to do what you can do. 
Okay. We're going to walk in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I speak death to every virus. I speak death to every strain of the flu and COVID and Omicron and whatever else would come against the body and the believer of Jesus Christ. I speak forth as Christ cursed the fig tree, I curse the works of the enemy off of our homes, off of our families and our marriages and our finances. And I speak life to the spirit, to health, to blessings, to prosperity, to abundance. And for this assembly, by the help and grace of God, to get a hunger to begin to walk in the spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say amen. amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. I love you. I love you. They're going to they're gonna send us on our way with this song. May you be blessed of the Lord. If you can make it tomorrow night, love to see you. If you can't, pray at home. We're going to have a great week. Give some love away. God bless you. I love you.